Hello. Hello. I'm Justin. I'm Allison. And this is episode 110 of Robots Ooh. on Typewriters. Oh, it's a binary one. I, I didn't is know it, what you were going Is it, you know, binary? <laughs> yeah, one, 110, not episode number six, if my binary is up to date. Uh, you didn't ten, get the new uh, binary? I don't know. I haven't read the new release that. notes. Bye. Uh, episode 110. Yeah. Yeah. What? Of what? What? Of what? Um, thank you for asking. Um, I'll take that one. Um, it is um, Robots on Typewriters. It's, it's a podcast that we make, and it is about all about computational creativity. And that means when people use computers to make art, music, comedy, entertainment, stories, um... Yeah, we don't usually list, do we usually list those things? We usually list I think like... that's a, a really good way of doing it, that we're, <laughs> we're always so focused on the computational that we've gotten away yeah. from the creativity. Oh, no, yeah, we can't do that. So yeah, that's, that's, um, that's what we do here. And we do it in two segments, and they are both named by a random generator. Um, and the first one is our zesty hat, where one of us talks about something interesting that we want to share. And then we play a game, and that's called our trashy toy. And that's, you know, that's that's all. That's all we do. Um, and uh, it's my turn to don the zesty hat this week. And we are going back to an old pal of ours, and that is Janelle Shane of AIWeirdness.com and her um, fantastic computational creativity blog. Um and uh, I wanted to talk about one of her most recent posts, because um, it's uh, just very good, as her stuff always is. Um, a while uh, a while ago, in like March and April, when all of the kind of, um, you know, quarantining stuff was really kicking in, uh, in up. I when it was hot. If, <laughs> couldn't decide if I wanted to say in or up. I don't think kicking up is a thing. Um, picking up, kicking in. There we go. Uh, there was a, a meme of um, kind of, uh, it was like, choose your quarantine house. And it would be like four houses of like, was it like people usually or like things? Yeah, like, sometimes it was, it was like, things. Yeah, it was like, you know, choose the house that you want to be trapped in for quarantine with like this selection of things. And uh, in Janelle's um, newest post here, I mean, as of recording, um, she mentions that she actually got uh, access to um, OpenAI's new GPT-3 API um, a while ago, back in the spring, and had the opportunity to mess around with it some and actually made some of these um, quarantine houses how, like, memes, um, but couldn't share them because GPT-3 was not um, privy to the public yet. And so <laughs> she um, shared them now, now that GPT-3 is all out there in the open AI. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted to read some of these because they're very good. Um, the, uh, I really yeah, we like... need to pick our houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like the appliances ones. So this is uh, Choose Your Appliances Quarantine House. Um, house one, 24.5 cubic feet of appliances, a crock pot, an instant pot, a popcorn machine. House two, a popcorn maker, a flavored popcorn machine, five small appliances, an arcade machine, a vacuum. House three, a juicer, a blender, a rice cooker, a stand mixer. House four, an espresso machine, a fondue pot, a kitchen robot. 
a wormhole. <laughs> All right. I, I love a wormhole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So twenty four point five cubic feet. I don't. Yes. I'm, I'm no good with volume. <laughs> How many? Is that a lot of appliances? Is Shit. That not I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. No here idea. we go. A twenty four point five cubic foot four door refrigerator. Oh. So that apparently, very really big. enormous fridges are about that volume. Oh, okay. the kind with like two freezers, I guess. Okay. I mean, yeah, but so the way it's phrased to me makes me think like it doesn't have to be one big fridge. You can kind of split up that 24.5 cubic feet amongst a bunch of um, you know, like yeah. you have 24.5 cubic feet to spend in appliances. Yeah, like a mini fridge, yeah. microwave. <laughs> yeah, I think you could get a pretty long way with that. And I'm a big fan of that whole selection because I really um, I'm a big fan of popcorn and I got to have my popcorn machine. So wait, House 2 should stick out to you with both a popcorn yeah, maker and, and a, a flavored popcorn. Popcorn machine. I'm Who knows what the other five small appliances are? Maybe <laughs> they're true. all popcorn machines. <laughs> That's true, but I like the I like the um, you know, as long as I've got a popcorn machine in there, I'm fine with also having that kind of variety of the 24.5 cubic feet. Maybe I'm boring, but the one that was just a juicer, a blender, a rice cooker, and a stand mixer. Honestly, um, very appealing. You can go a long way with that. Yeah. And like a, a juicer is the sort of thing that like if it's one of the only things you have, suddenly you'd be making a lot of juice, right? Yeah, like suddenly it's true, you'd be, yeah. Uh, having really kind of fresh, nice breakfasts, stuff yeah. like that. Um, I also I want to um, I want to talk about the choose your historical quarantine house. I think this one is very fun. House one, a pharaoh, gladiator armor, Venetian body brush, a hot dog vendor. Do house think? two, the first Ford <laughs> Model that. T car, Cleopatra, a creepy beaded bracelet, swordplay. House three, 1066, a velociraptor, Attila the Hun, a slendery squirrel. House four. House four, the first ukulele, Ned, Old West guy. All right. I love uh, Ned, Old West guy. There's a lot. Ned, Old West guy is great. <laughs> uh, a slendery squirrel. <laughs> Bad. Um, I had to look uh, up what a Venetian body brush is. Ooh, Not a thing. What is it? Okay. There might be Venetian blind brushes. Brushes sure, okay. designed to um i am kind of partial to house two because i really like the mystery of a creepy beaded bracelet like that thing's definitely cursed and i think that could occupy you for a long time i think yeah have a great those have to be related like she like there has to be something going on there i'm sure eventually she would let me know what was going on with the creepy it'd be so playful just you cleopatra some sword play yeah sparring oh my god yeah and going for a ride in, in our model t I certainly would not be interested in the first ukulele and Ned Old West guy. I think yeah. I'd get old fast. That really would, because you know they, they're an inseparable pair. I, I think I would have a, a pretty good time with gladiator armor, a yeah. pharaoh, Venetian body brush, and a hot dog <laughs> a vendor. hot dog vendor. Historical hot dog like, vendors. Get your hot dogs here. <laughs> He's like a hot dog vendor from like opening day at Coney Island, which is what makes yes. him historical. Oh, yeah, that's actually pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I think we can agree. Not interested in being in a room with both Velociraptors and Attila the Hun. And 1066 sounds like a, just a bad, <laughs> bad year to be alive. Yeah, nothing, nothing good was happening back no. then. Um, any, other, the, any other favorite of the ones that you wanted to talk about? 
Um, I mean, I I like anything food related, so of course I was a little bit uh, drawn to the food ingredients. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, What could you make from these? Okay, well, we've got choose your food ingredients quarantine house. House one, ground beef, 10 kilograms of sugar, unwashed funeral bouquets. You have to wash them? Zucchini pulp from juicing. Horse milk. Oh, Jesus. House two, dried bell peppers, Mediterranean coffee beans, vegan mayonnaise, a dozen jars of mayonnaise, a dried scalded pig bladder. House three, slime, M&M and chocolate sauce. A hundred vinegars, <laughs> Tabasco sauce, parenthet- parenthetical, everything is hot and humid here. Um, house four, clotted cream, 10 pounds of cactus, organ meat, a box of calamari. <laughs> um, um, this is tough. This is tough, isn't it? It really is tough. I, I think I'm going to go with house four. I was thinking the same thing. I think I'm just enticed by clotted cream. And I feel yeah, like that box of calamari, it's, I mean, I, I hope it's like kept cold for some reason. It yeah. being kept in a box really doesn't sound very cold to me. I but. was thinking the same, that a box <laughs> is not my ideal transit for yeah. calamari. But yeah. with the calamari, great organ meat. I don't know. I can probably fry it up and I make mean, some sausage. It's uh, organ meat. Is that not what we eat? I mean, prob- I guess not. I guess that's no. not usually... <laughs> Um, occasionally, is, if you're having, you know, haggis or sausage or something. True. Yeah. Yep. I've eaten um, a bit of cow heart one time. Nice. Uh, was <laughs> nice. how the cow feel about it? Ugh. You know, we haven't talked much since. Yeah. The clotted cream would be good for yeah, like scones breakfast. Yeah. What do you do with fourteen, 14 pounds, pounds of cactus? cactus? Though. I mean, it probably can't. You could probably just. Is <laughs> tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, to me, I feel like it might be a little bit like zucchini. I was thinking that too. Yeah, okay. you can probably do. So- you can probably either like pan fry it and like eat it. Yeah, or it just like is you your vegetable. Yeah, I'm sure you could juice it. Yeah, with maybe your juicer. I have the juicer yeah. on my mind. Yeah, yeah. All the other houses there had something very cursed though. The oh, hot yeah. and humid. Cursed. <laughs> Dried, scalded pig bladder. Cursed. House one. Unwashed funeral bouquets. Not so Ooh. bad. Horse milk. Cursed. Horse milk. Very bad. I also really don't like a hundred vinegars. There's something. There's a threatening aura about a hundred vinegars to me. Feels you think it's like, like a hundred vials of like you know the same vinegar or a hundred different varieties <sighs> of vinegar. I don't know, but like something about it feels like a collection of like. Once the 100 vinegars are, like, together, that's, like, the tool you need to end the world. Mm, yeah, it's just, yeah, stay away from that room. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, there's a couple other ones. Um, ooh, I meant to do this before we started. Um, she mentions at the bottom, for some reason it generated a cocktails quarantine house theme with 16 houses, some of which, uh, and she said it wouldn't fit in the blog post, but it, it got sent out in her, like, email um like newsletter that she sends out um with bonus content and i meant to look at it because i do get that email but i didn't so yeah um so (laughs) oh yeah okay a lot of this stuff you know what both of us just like read it quietly and pick your favorite okay oh god yeah i see one that i need to talk about (laughs) <laughs> I think I found my favorite. Oh, there's there's some such good ones. If you don't subscribe to this email, you should. 
yet yeah i think which i've one got do you want to read um i'm a big fan of house 14 um uh, that yeah be- i had that one <laughs> and another one in mind so you can do 14 and i okay. got mine wizard's food servant enchanter's staff lily had one onion lucky magical chutzpah uh, I, I need to know more about Lily. Lily had one onion. <laughs> and these are all cocktails, is the idea? Or the, these are I, cocktail ingredients? <laughs> I, I, I think they are cocktails of themselves, okay. but yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. What was yours? Um. Well, now I'm actually caught between a couple. Yeah, I'm uh, it's just, there's just good shit. Oof. Yeah, I want to go to number 16. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good, good. Cocktail number one, Ask the Mummy. Great (laughs) cocktail name. Just wrap wrap a martini glass in toilet paper and put whatever (laughs) you want in there. Cocktail two, Evil Dog. The next one, Mobiles or Mobiles. Mm -hmm. Next one, Dad's Old Money Belt. (laughs) Very bad. What does it Uh, mean? Almost as bad as the final cocktail here. Eight-year-old Smite Stick. Um, that's a, a stick that can smite eight-year-olds. I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering if it was that, or it was if that was the age of the smite stick. There's no knowing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's, it's like it's an unreal. eight-year. It's like an eight-year-aged uh, smite stick. It's a, it's a vintage 2012 <laughs> smite stick. Ah, uh, yes, the best year for smite sticks. Yeah, it was a really good. There was a lot of rain in in the smite stick community. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that those are yeah, just some fantastic GPT three uh, quarantine house content from uh, from Janelle Shane. AIWeirdness.com is where you can find her blog. It's a great uh, thing to to keep up with, um, and she's also a great follow on Twitter. That would be at Janelle C Shane. Um, yeah. yeah, if you like our content, you by now you'd you know, like hers you should better. Be following AI weirdness, <laughs> and you should be subscribed to her email dump yeah. thing. She does what we content. do, but like without all the bullshit. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. If you just have a few minutes to deal with all this instead of an hour. Yeah. So yeah, that's me hat. Great hat, love it. I think uh, the the trend of open AI's newest monster being on this podcast every week is a good one. That'll bring us to OpenAI's older monster. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking it GPT-2 this week. Okay. I have Write with Transformer open, and I wanted to commemorate a, a, a piece of recent news that was big in my world, um, and then open it up to the computational creativity world. Ooh, that I is, think. there is a new hockey team coming to <laughs> Seattle. And just this last week, they announced that they will be called the Seattle Kraken. Uh, We haven't gotten to have a new sports team, new name in about a decade. We got the New Orleans Pelicans getting their new name and the Oklahoma City Thunder back then. But yeah, the Seattle Kraken, a brand new sports team with a brand new name, led me to think about how did other teams get their names? And I think the right person to ask is uh, Allison, and is GPT uh-huh. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I know a lot about the history of that. For this week's game, I collected a few stories of how different uh, American professional sports teams got their nicknames, and 
At certain points in the stories, I just started hitting the tab key on Write with Transformer. <laughs> I will read you a paragraph and you will tell me where <laughs> it started being fake. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Um, yeah, I have six of them prepared and then depending on which sports you seem to like, uh, we can do some more. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. This is fun. All right. First up. <laughs> The green, oh, I should uh, also cite my other source in this. So this, of course, right with Transformer, a favorite tool of ours uh, on huggingface.co. But I'm using teamnameorigin.com. Uh, okay. What is, it seems to be an online encyclopedia of how each of the major North American sports teams got wow. their names. Big fan um, of that. I actually wanted to open this up to historical teams and to european teams but uh wikipedia did not did not have like a standard way of writing mm. these so it became messy anyway let's get started team number one the green bay packers have one of those names that make you wonder how the heck the squad got its moniker in 1919 curly lambo wanted to start a local football team in northern wisconsin he was working as a busboy at a tavern on Green Bay's east side when he made a suggestion. Instead of having the team call itself the Green Bay Packer Club, he wanted to call it the Green Bay Packers, based on the nickname of one of the city's most famous citizens, William Buffalo Bill Packer. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> I kind of lost the plot of the significance of the, of the man himself, but I, I think... I, I, I got the I got the twinge when he became a bus boy like when it was like when he was working as a bus boy because um, the I feel like the the reason for the name made no sense it's like hey how about we if, if why don't instead of it being the Packer Club let's name it just the Packers after that guy named Packer because when it was the Packer Club it wasn't about him but if we make it just the Packers it is about him. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a good call that that was <laughs> off the rails by that point. Yeah, you you got it actually like on the oh, word. You got it right yeah. where I changed it. Oh hell um, yeah! The original sentence reads: The Green Bay Packers have one of those names that make you wonder how the squad got its moniker. In 1919, Curly Lambeau wanted to start a local football team in his in northern Wisconsin. Okay, he was working yeah, yeah. as a shipping clerk for the Indiana Meatpacking Company. Uh, an outfit that distributed canned meat under the label Council Meats. Sure makes me hungry. <laughs> oh, uh, I forgot that this was real. <laughs> yeah, no, that, is that is real. GPT too. Um, yeah, so the company meats. eventually like helped him sponsor the starting of this yeah. team in exchange for them being called the Packers as like an ad gimmick. Wow. Um, the company folded. The team lives on. Wow, that's very good. Uh, let's see. Good, good spot. I, I knew that it made Buffalo no Bill sense Packer that, like... Was not... <laughs> yeah, I really I like William say, Buffalo Bill Packer. I should say it says, based on the nickname of one of the famous citizens, Buffalo Bill Packer. <laughs> his last so, name. His, his nickname, Buffalo Bill. <laughs> his nickname, William Packer. I like that, um, yeah, it liked, something tipped me off about him being, like, he, like, He's the guy who started the football, the football team. But he, it was, it was just like the the pipe dream of a lowly bus boy. I mean, like, in reality, it was the pipe dream of a well, lowly true. shipping clerk. That's true. So, yeah, 
Yeah, not as crazy as it sounded, but that's that. More likely um, than you think. Really, really makes you think. <laughs> Let's switch to hockey. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs began their long history as the Toronto Arenas in 1917 and switched to the Toronto St. Patrick's in 1919 (laughs) in hopes of attracting fans from Toronto's Irish population. Con Smythe bought the club in 1927, and his first order of business was to rename the team. Smythe chose the name Maple Leafs to honor the team's founder, Captain Arthur Red Maple. The nickname Maple Leafs became a symbol of Canadian pride and an inspiration for Canadian kids. Now, it would be fucking nuts to me if the hockey team was the reason Maple Leafs are such a big thing for, like, Canadian pride. Um, This one kind of, I, I I got a sense, like, almost right away um can you read me like the very first sentence one more time sure yeah the toronto maple leafs began their long history as the toronto arenas in Mm -hmm. 1917 and switched to the toronto st patrick's in 1919 yeah um, attracting yeah you yeah you could stop that's i (laughs) i really hope that i'm not stupid but that sounds crazy that it was this the toronto st patrick's i I don't know if it's both original team names sound fucking stupid to me. So I'm I I almost think that it was like right there. You're wrong. That was all okay. true. All of that <laughs> okay. was real. Um I'll I'll read the, the real Saint paragraph. Patrick's. Toronto Arena switched to the Toronto St. Patrick's in 1919 in hopes of attracting fans from Toronto's Irish population. Con Smith bought the club in 1927 and his first order of business was to rename the team. Smythe chose the name Maple Leafs to honor the Maple Leaf Regiment he fought in during World War I, mm. and he may also have been influenced a bit by the former Taraki Hanto team that had been known as the East Maple Leafs. Taraki Hanto? T- wow, Toronto <laughs> hockey. <laughs> I was like, there, he must have said it wrong, but I don't even really know how... <laughs> Taraki Hanto. <laughs> That's like my favorite anime character. <laughs> uh, please draw me some fan art of Taraki Hanto. Taraki Hanto. Um, wow. Okay. Hanto. I can't. Uh, believe- but yeah, no. The the Toronto Maple Leafs were using the Maple Leaf emblem. Um, from 1927, the Canadian flag introduced it in 1967. Wow. So the Maple Leaf hockey team was using that symbol long before the uh, the flag of the Canada. Flag? What did it used to be? I <laughs> I think it was just like a, a Union Jack spinoff. Uh, good for them. Yeah, I think the the Maple Leaf was always like sort of a Canadian like. Uh, a Canadian heritage symbol, but then they really okay. owned it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, that's not not quite nearly as catchy, the old flag. You know how flags are catchy. Yeah, you need just a big red big red leaf. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Oh, man, Taraki Hanta. Taraki Hanta. <laughs> I need to, like, write it down to figure out how it's spelled. I, I think I can see yeah, it. It's like T O R O K I space Honto. I wrote yeah. Honto. 
Do I need to spell Honto? <laughs> no, I'm just a big fan of it. Taraki Honto. Oh, it's uh, so good. Okay. Sure, in my head too. Anyway, uh, let's move on to basketball. Okay. The Detroit Pistons started out as the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons, named after their owner, Fred Zollner, who named the club after himself and his horse, a black mare named Piston. The name was chosen because Detroit was known for its iron mines and its iron working industry. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Um, I feel like that, I, I think maybe that last sentence was like the only thing fake. So you think the horse was real? I do think the horse was, I hope the horse was real, yeah. I'm sorry to break your heart. No. Uh, he named the club the, <laughs> the Fort Wayne was- Zollner Pistons <laughs> after himself and his piston manufacturing business. Oof, much worse. Yeah. <laughs> the team and was actually Detroit- named after his horse, Burgoo King. Virgu <laughs> <laughs> King, classic ancient horse. Trocky Hunter, good our name horse for a horse racing too. episode for more Burgoo King content. <laughs> yeah, so he just happened to own a piston making business I mean, and then the team moved to Detroit, the Motor happens. City, and it worked. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh I really wish it was yeah, not rich businessman, just guy who <laughs> loved his horse and yeah. wanted them to have a team. Yeah. Uh next up in baseball, this is, I, I jumped to a middle paragraph about the Los Angeles Dodgers, but okay, this team started out in Brooklyn way back in 1883 and has gone through a plethora of nicknames. They were known as the Athletics and then the Grays before changing to the Bridegrooms in, ni- <laughs> in 1896 because a handful of players got married that year. Other <laughs> names they used were simply the Grooms, the Superbas, and the Robins. Uh-huh. Trolleys were installed in the streets of Brooklyn in the 1890s, which caused the nickname to be called the Trolley Bums and the Trolley Riders. Mm-hmm. The team was renamed to the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1907 after owner Leland Smith decided to name the team after a Brooklyn street he was passing on his way home from the World Series that year. Really big fan of the idea that they just renamed themselves after whatever they were up to at the moment. Like, they were all getting married. They were all riding the trolley. <laughs> you guys want to be called, like, the Brooklyn playing checkers on the weekend club? <laughs> we don't want to the... play checkers with you, Jack. <laughs> you guys you want to be named after the, you know, just really cherishing and valuing our bros this year? Yeah, absolutely. The Brooklyn um, bros. The Brooklyn bros. <laughs> um... Oh, there was a point where I felt like it tipped. Oh, I think it was at the bridegrooms. That that's like the first alarm that rang for me. Though okay, I hope so that was true. Okay, or you know so what? Actually, let me revise. I think maybe maybe bridegrooms was real, but I think it's not because a bunch of them just happened to be getting married that year. I feel like that was where it changed. I'll read you the real uh, the real sentences. Okay. They started out. In Brooklyn, way back in 1883, went through a plethora of nicknames, the Athletics, the Grays, before changing to the Bridegrooms in 1896 because a handful of players got married that year. (laughs) Other names they used were simply the Grooms, the Superbas, Mm -hmm. and the Robins. Trolleys were installed in the streets of Brooklyn (laughs) in the 1890s, which caused pedestrians to dodge them while walking in the streets. These folks were dubbed trolley dodgers by newspaper writers. The team took notice, liked the name, and called themselves the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers in 1911. That's pretty good. And shortened it to the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1932. 
The name stayed with the team when it relocated to Los Angeles in 1958. Honestly, very good. Big fan. Yeah, I I am a big fan that, yeah, exactly what you pictured was right, that they, <laughs> uh, we're all getting married. We'll be the grooms this year. Uh, there's all these trolleys. Let's call ourselves the trolley dodgers this year. Yeah. Uh, I also like Superbas. That one's yeah, just what like, is that even about? Who knows? I think They're it's just, just doing like, really you know, good. Yeah, I think it's just old timey slang. Like, ah, yeah. uh, we're we're superba. We're top we're superba. cheese. Top cheese. Um, I've got two more pre written, and then okay. if you want another couple, we can uh we can hit the yeah 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 hit the mines. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a basketball team, but uh, I think other other sports leagues, particularly baseball, have used this same name. This is the New York Knicks. Okay. The New York Knicks are another team that had an owner who took matters into his own hands and named the team without the crutch of one of those name the team contests. Ned Irish, mm-hmm. founder of the team in 1946, named his team the New York Knickerbockers, which has been shortened to the Knicks since. That's right. Knickerbocker referred to one of the most famous players in the league, Jack Knickerbocker, mm-hmm who had been playing for the Chicago Bulls in the 1920s and had won two NBA titles as well as being part of the original All-Star team. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Are there and I mean maybe you're maybe you don't want to answer this but are there any other instances of a team being named after one player? Like, I can answer that because okay. the team I really wanted to use for this um, was a 1910s baseball team, the Cleveland Naps. Um, oh, they had okay. just secured Nap Lajaway, one of the best players in the league, to be their captain. And one of like kind of a mutual demand, but also they wanted to do this for marketing, was they renamed themselves the Cleveland Naps. Okay. They were the Cleveland Spiders before that. Speeders. Um, okay. I I still just can't imagine that naming a team Knickerbocker would be in reference to a player and not whatever the fuck Knickerbocker actually means. Um, what does Knickerbocker mean? Do you know? Yeah, it's uh, Jack Knickerbocker. He was a player for the <laughs> Chicago Bulls. Wait, oh, okay, wait. Also, so like he wasn't a player for their team. He was a player of something else. Yeah, yeah in this... In this yeah. world, he played 20 years earlier on a different team. <laughs> okay. Oh, Knickerbockers are um, like newsy boy pants. Yeah, I, I, I know. I did not know that. Or I guess, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think that maybe they were called the Knickerbockers, but it was not after some other guy <laughs> who played on a different team a while ago. Yeah, you got it. That's where okay. I changed it. He, uh, Ned Irish, founder of the team in 1946, named the team the New York Knickerbockers, which has been shortened to the Knicks since. Knickerbocker refers to the rolled-up pants just below the knee, which Dutch settlers in the New World were known to sport in the 1600s. Many of these Dutch people settled in New York, which inspired Irish to name his new team in their honor. The first organi- This is just me now talking. The first <laughs> organized baseball team was also called the New York Knickerbockers because ah. they wore Knickerbocker pants when they played. Ah, ooh, fun. So, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's how that style of pant has become so popular in the sports world. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, good call that they didn't just pick a rant. I, I thought you were going to ask me to clarify, by the way, 
uh, how was Knickerbocker the man's name spelled? Because oh. <laughs> the, the team name, K-N-I-C-K, the, the fake man in this world, N-I-C-K. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, yeah. And one more pre-written one, another hockey one. So that last one referred to name the team contests. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets was the winner of a name the team contest held by the team once Columbus was awarded an NHL franchise. The name was chosen from a short list of five names and refers to the fact that the team consisted of all men from the Columbus area. They also had blue jerseys, both being an homage to the Ohio Blue Jackets, who were the first American professional sports team to wear blue jerseys. (laughs) Interesting. They so, broke the color barrier. <laughs> so it was because <laughs> it was because they were all from the same town. And what does that have to do with the blue jacket? What did it say? Uh, they were all men from the Columbus area. They also wore blue jerseys. That's These are it. homages to the Ohio Blue Jackets, who were the first American professional sports team to wear blue jerseys. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> um, what's the significance of them being from all the same area? Like, why note that? What did it say before that? So they were from the... the I think that the story here is the team was going to be in Columbus. They okay. were all men from the Columbus area. And there was once also another team in Ohio that wore blue and okay, was okay. from um, Ohio. Oh, I think I the the, re, the thing that was throwing me off this whole time is that they're in Ohio because to me, hockey is only played in Canada, not in the States. Does mm, not yeah, happen. Columbus, Alberta. That's what I was like, what does this matter? <laughs> um, um, I think it might have taken a turn when... Um, I mean, it definitely is not that they that there was the first sports team to ever wear blue jerseys. Um, but I wonder, they're all men from the Columbus area and they also wear blue jackets. Um, maybe right after that, maybe I think, maybe, I don't know. Basically, the question here is, did the original Columbus Blue Jackets team have just men from Columbus or not? (laughs) Like, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the correct answer. Uh, The Columbus Blue Jackets, by the way, formed in 1997. Oh. uh, Yeah, not... There probably weren't enough men from Columbus who played hockey. (laughs) Uh, Blue Jackets is a winner of the Name the Team contest. Um, it refers to the fact that no other state in the Union had more residents uh-huh. fight in the Civil War than Ohio. The Blue Jackets is a reference to the blue uniforms Union troops wore in the line of duty. Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that uh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no. Um, I think many of the people on this team were Canadian, like most ah. hockey players. Uh, yeah, okay. so that's the six I had planned, but yeah. I can find some more. Yeah, please. Uh, did did any sport really strike your fancy there or anything stand out to you? <sighs> They're all the same to me. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I'm trying to find, if you know of any sports, sports teams and you don't know why, why they're called, what they're called, just shout them out and we'll... 
we'll figure it out together. All right. Okay. I've got another football one. This one's right. got um, this one's got a local flair for the two of us growing up oh. in New Jersey. This is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, okay. Burt Bell and Lud Ray bought the bankrupt Frankfurt Yellow Jackets in it's 1933. A <laughs> yeah, just about. Burt Bell and Lud Ray <laughs> bought the bankrupt. <laughs> bought the bankrupt. <laughs> ba- Bankford Bellow Backet. Frankfurt Yellow Jackets in 1933, located mm-hmm. in their new fran- and located their new franchise in Philadelphia. Bell chose the Eagle as a nod to the Eagle symbol on the back of the Philadelphia Flyers jersey. Ray, however, mm-hmm. wanted the more popular nickname, the Fighting Birds, which was a nod to mm-hmm. the famous slogan, Fight for Your Family, which has been sung since the <laughs> 1930s. <laughs> Eagles eventually won the dispute, and the franchise was renamed in 1939. I Yeah, I love that popular tune, Fight for Your Family. Um, yeah. Fight for your family. <laughs> you know, that song that we always sang. The fighting birds. Up. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, popular, most popular amongst women. Um, and that's, that's what they would call them. When... It was an all woman team. Yeah, the fighting right. birds. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so it was between the eagles or the fighting birds. Yes. Is that what they're saying? Okay. Yes, that the two owners, Bert Bell and Lud Ray, bought the bankrupt. Uh-huh. Fighting birds. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. One wanted the eagles. One wanted the fighting birds, and the eagles won out. Um. Maybe. I. I. I don't know anything about the eagles, but is the is that not like a thing that you call the eagles? Well, I mean, I know you call them like the birds, and you tell them to fight because that's what you do for sports. You tell them to fight for their families. <laughs> you tell them to fight for their families. Um. Uh, remind them every day you guys have a family go fight for them go fight yeah um so isn't that a thing that is that a thing you call them are you allowed to answer that the fighting birds i will not answer okay um i think it is um so that makes me want to say that i i think that maybe the like that like that between the eagles and the fighting birds that's the first fake thing okay uh yes basically that is the first fake thing nobody calls them the fighting birds oh really okay Uh, people do call them the birds (laughs) right you might say like go birds but you wouldn't you might say go fight for your family fight birds fight (laughs) fight you fighting birds um (laughs) The the first fake thing was actually that the eagle was on the back of the Flyers jersey. The that Flyers also were founded in the seventies. Okay, uh, w- <laughs> forty years after. I but I could have believed it. The eagle symbol was actually on the National Recovery Act emblem, the New oh. Deal program that FDR oh, started. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a nod to that. Uh, Bell and new half owner Art Rooney swapped franchises in nineteen forty one. That with the new owner of the Pittsburgh Ironmen, formerly the Steelers, hmm. Alexis Thompson. The Eagles were recognized by the league as the Ironmen until Thompson renamed them the Eagles just before games started to be played. Very good. Um, ironically, too, this is some ad-libbing, the Steelers 
aka the Iron Man and the Eagles both uh, like a year or two later when World War II was in full uh, in full bloom. They ran out of guys, so they had to combine, and they were called the Phil Pitt Eagles for like a year or two. Wow, actually, really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to give me one more? Yeah, I want to do one more. I'm trying to think of a really wacky team name. All right, uh, this is about a baseball team in Chicago. Okay. The baseball team is now known the Cubs, but they weren't always called that. Oh, okay. Known as the White Stockings in 1976, mm. the team joined the National League. Within its first years of existence, the Cubs finished first in the league six times. Starting in 1902, they changed from the White, so- White Stockings to the Colts. The team then switched to the Orphans. Oh. The Chicago Daily News began referring to the team as the Orphans in 1903 due to their association with the Orphan School in Milwaukee and because the team's mascot was a young orphan named Joe. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, yeah, why? What was their affiliation with this orphan orphanage in Milwaukee? <laughs> um, I- I, I it just I'm just reading what's written there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that was just that was a question for the, the ages, not for the ages, for the, you know, the air for the ageist. For the yeah. Um <laughs> I think maybe the the point it diverges is when the I well, I mean, obviously it's not because of all of that stuff that but I do th- now. I do I'm th- not even going to confirm for you whether they were ever called the orphans. I think they were, and I like that. I I think they were. So that's I think that's my last fact that that there is. Okay, and then you're going to say so. The next sentence after switch to the orphans is the Chicago Daily News began referring yeah. to the team as the orphans <laughs> in 1903. You think that's fake? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I will read the actual sentence okay. I got this from, WrigleyvilleSports.com. Uh, going from white, stock, white stockings to Colts, the team then switched to the orphans. Yes. The Chicago Daily News began okay. referring to the team as the Cubs because oh. of the high amount of young players. That name oh. stuck and became the official name in 1907. Oh. Um, they were called the orphans for like one or two seasons because they used to be really good and then their best player and manager, who was the same man, um, left the team, and the newspapers started saying that they were orphans because, mm-hmm. like, their their dad left basically, and then they were bad. <laughs> I thought for some reason when you said like because they were really good, I thought you were going to say like they were really good at making their like making children orphans by because their they players kept dropping dead. Uh, <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they, they kept. They were really good at dying. Uh, <laughs> they were the grooms. Then they were the fathers. Then they were the orphans. <laughs> oh, um, uh, wow! Yeah, yeah, luckily, as best I know, there was not a baseball team that had an orphaned child <laughs> that had as a its high death rate. True mascot. <laughs> oh man, that would be very wild. It's just like a little Oliver Twist kid running around the field. Oh. Yeah, they don't like give him. They don't pay him for this job. No. They don't. They, they, I mean, yeah, they didn't like, ask him to do it. He just showed exactly. up and it stuck. Yeah. 
They're like, if you just let him carry your bat for you, he doesn't bother you. He goes yeah. away. He like it, it, it was in Chicago, but for some reason he's Cockney. Nobody knows where he came from. It's very Chicockney. all very odd. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was that yeah. was that was interesting. That's the history of sports, and I think this game might oh, have that, some legs of like sure. where where does it diverge? Yeah, no, definitely. I think it, it could even be competitive. Yeah, making uh, making it the new RNN to play in future. Yeah, future guestful Big episodes. Fan. Big fan. Of All sports. right, we need to come up with a name for that. Of like the the where did the yeah where did Jesus take the wheel? Where did I mean? I think you just did it. Where did Jesus take the wheel? Where did GPT two take the children? Where did Jesus take the wheel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's the inaugural Where Did Jesus Take the Wheel? And that's episode 110. <laughs> that's episode 110. Um, if you have if you have anything you'd like to tell us, you know, we're always here for you. Um, you can contact us. You can do that by email. That's robots at backcamp.org. You could also tweet at us at robot typewriter. Um, what else is there? Oh, um, so uh, going up on our YouTube channel this week. Um, in case you missed it, we were tweeting, tweeting up a storm about it. Um, Justin presented our um our paper in uh, Cooey 2020. It was a virtual conference that I almost said contest. It was a virtual. <laughs> it was a paper presenting contest. <laughs> um, uh, it was a virtual conference that happened um this past week. Um, and he presented our paper. Uh, I'm gonna try to remember the title off the top of my head. Transparency and language generation colon levels of automation levels of automation yes there we go um yeah and uh the he did a little uh five minute uh presentation on that on um uh and it is going to be on our youtube channel um it was a great talk he did a great job and um yeah so that you can just look up robots on typewriters on youtube i'm going to be putting that up uh it should be up it's up. I'm, I promise. I, I, I guarantee. I'm going to put it up. It should be up, and it's up. <laughs> I just did it. It's, it's done. It was processing while I was speaking, <laughs> and now it's done. Yeah. Um. What else? We have a theme song. It's Video Challenge by Anna Monaguchi. That's, yeah, that's that's all the information for you that I have. Um, yeah. Ain't, ain't anything else more than that. No. Um. I have one one final bit here. I don't even know the real origin of this team's name, so I just typed in the Vancouver Canucks name oh. is a reference to, and uh, GPT-2 finished that with the legendary Vancouver Canoe Company, an early pioneer in the Canadian boating industry. Oh, that makes sense Some somehow, in yeah. some way. Yeah, I can Vancouver see that. Canoes. Can, how do you spell Canuck? C-A-N-U-C-K. Okay, yeah. Is that what you call like a, I don't know. I always thought it was a slang term for someone who's from Canada, but I don't think that's true. Okay. <laughs> uh, the term Canuck originates back to Johnny Canuck, a character in Canadian political cartoons back in the 16, oh. 1869. It was a recycled cartoon character that fought all kinds of evil, including Adolf Hitler during the Second World War. Canuck is also a slang term for a Canadian. Like, oh, Yankee is a slang term for a Canadian. Okay, there you go. I mean, an American. (laughs) 